0: Hello, and welcome to TNT, the Technology and Things podcast. Your host, Paul Ferraro, is a former IT exec and currently a technology advisor. Jeff Kruger, a fellow technology enthusiast, is the co-host. They both spent many years working for a Fortune 500 company and are both passionate about leadership, technology, and the community.
1: Well,
0: I'm ready to rock and roll. Okay.
1: All right, well, good morning, uh, Jeffrey. It's nice to uh, be on another Technology and Things podcast. podcast with you
0: good morning paul the feeling is mutual (laughs) excellent
1: uh first off i wanted to just congratulate again our dell laptop raffle winner from last week which was uh kevin fouts uh and uh he won a nice new shiny dell laptop and was kind enough to take a photo and everything so he posted it on social media
0: oh cool i gotta check that out i didn't see it yeah yeah where on LinkedIn. Hey, where in the world? Where in the world is is this guy from? <laughs>
1: uh, he's in uh, Phoenix. He's in Phoenix. Arizona. Oh, cool.
0: And he's a, nice. he's a
1: security manager. And uh, awesome. Yeah. So that was pretty cool. And then we also we also sent out all of the um, Bluetooth headsets to everybody. So hopefully you got one. Actually, you got one too, Jeffrey. It's at your house right now.
0: Is it really? Oh man. So
1: I'll go by and pick it up for you. But um, anyways. Uh, yes, yeah, so we sent out all 50 of those. So thank you for doing our, uh, our kind of raffle and all that good stuff. That was cool. Uh, all right, so for today, we've got on uh, Chris Hood, and he is a uh, digital strategist for Google. And uh, I thought it would be kind of fun to have him on because he has some interesting perspectives around, uh, you know, what, uh business value is and how it kind of matches up with technical uh you know people that want to get you know technical things done in your environment and how you match those up with with sort of you know what the business needs and the values and all that and he's got some really I think cool insights on that and uh so that's kind of what we're going to be doing today So uh That
0: sounds great. It it reminds me of uh we were trying to carve our job into like we were just only gonna be storage strategists, no no operations or engineering, strategy only.
1: He's got a cool he's got one of the cool titles, you know, digital strategists. We didn't get
0: there, but he did. (laughs) So
1: (laughs) Exactly. So uh I'm gonna bring him on right now. Uh he's actually in our green room, so we'll uh we'll bring him in. Awesome. My dog wants to come in the green room too. It looks like so.
2: <laughs> can you hear
1: me? Hey, yes, we can. Okay, and I can hear you. That's great. That's step one completed. <laughs> one. <laughs> can Can you see us? I can. Oh, cool. We cannot see you.
2: you cannot see me.
1: That's awful.
0: <laughs> I can see. <laughs> I can see your handle. Hey, oh, hey, I can see you. There you go.
2: I had turned the video off on a previous Zoom call. So.
1: Yeah, look at this guy, Jeffrey. See, he's legit. He's got, he's got a legit microphone. He's ready to go. All right,
0: I can see that. <laughs> I can see that. Yeah.
1: So, Chris, we were just uh, we were just chatting about you, uh, talking a lot of you know, saying a lot of good things about you, of course.
2: Uh, well, that's good.
1: Yeah, but um, we thought you had you know you have one of the cooler titles that you can get which is a digital strategist i believe right is that
2: yeah the i mean my uh, my official title is head of business platform strategy something like
1: that. okay you've got str- you've got strategy in the title yeah that's good that's that's what we all aspire to
2: <laughs> what am i calling myself today let's see uh <laughs> I'm calling myself, yeah, head of business platform strategy.
1: That's, yeah, we're going to, so we're going to dig into that and figure out what the heck that is, uh, and how, and, and how you help people and everything. Um,
0: you you know, you got somewhere in your career. If you're, if you have to constantly figure out how to re-explain what it is you do and what your title is.
1: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Um, cool uh so yeah no i I spoke to chris a week or so ago and we were kind of having our pre-call and i was i was sort of like kind of blown away by some of the uh our conversation because he's able to uh really simple boil things down into simple terms that even a dummy like me can understand and so i was uh i was loving it and i thought uh we would bring that to everybody because i think uh we we have a lot of listeners that are in the technical field, and they're trying to figure out how to uh, how to get things done, and trying to make those connections between uh, their technical goals versus what the business is trying to do. I think is where is where uh, Chris spends a lot of his time. So maybe Chris, we could start with I I'd love to just talk a little bit about your kind of your uh, your career and everything uh, kind of where where you got started, and I, I think it's kind of an interesting uh, where you started and kind of where you ended up, and so maybe, maybe you can uh, take us on that journey a little bit.
2: Yeah, so I started in technology actually very early, uh, mid-80s. Actually, I was probably using a computer late 70s to early 80s, but then my first job was in you know, mid-80s in technology, and really it was just a hobby. It was a passion. I loved it. And I never really envisioned technology was going to become something. (laughs) You know, I think at an early age, young, naive Chris was, Hey, computers are cool. And that's it. And so when I started going to college, I was like, well, I need to do something that's going to be a little bit more reasonable. So I went into film, (laughs) (laughs) which isn't really the smartest choice either. I remember in a job interview once, I was telling the story, saying about how I decided to go to film and and then went back to technology. And they said, "Well, you made the right choice." I was like, yeah, I think so.
1: That's pretty funny that you were you were you know doing technology and you something reasonable was film. Right, <laughs> it's exactly. Probably one of the hardest things to uh, to make a living at, right? That, that's
2: exactly <laughs> it. So then I decided probably the best course of action is to go into business and. It was really more specifically marketing. And so in the early 90s, I began doing a marketing kick. And what I found was that I was really interested in things like consumer experience and how people were connecting with various products and services. And remember, in a non-technical world at that time. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then around late 90s, early 2000s, I saw the internet starting to blossom. And I began to realize that the technical piece of my experience that I had maintained over the last 10 years or plus was coming into play in the marketing world that I was currently living in. And so I decided to go back into technology and spend a lot of time got a degree in technology, bachelor's, you know, and really focused on how do I evolve this technology piece and drive some of the marketing elements that I knew businesses were now looking for. And then I started to jump back and forth. I ended up going and getting my MBA and I found a really interesting niche where the business and technology departments had to collaborate with each other. It was no longer optional it became a necessity for marketing to leverage technology to build those customer experiences and to generate engagement in new ways and that was really the sweet spot that i fell into and so today i'm spending a lot more time talking with businesses around strategy of how do you bridge the gap between your technical teams and business teams to produce these new digital environments, engagements, opportunities, that really is the foundation for things like, you know, what we call digital transformation or any other type of digital word you want to talk about.
1: Yeah, maybe, uh, so yeah, when you talk about that, maybe maybe unpack that a little bit when you talk about uh, bridging the gap What kinds of things uh, are you typically, you know, how does that start? How does that start? What does that look like?
2: Sure. So what it typically starts with is somebody on the technology team reaches out and says, hey, we've got this big problem and we need to figure out a way to solve it with technology. And I say, well, that's great. I think that's an easy answer. (laughs) What's more complicated is how does that relate back to the business? Why are you doing this? Mm-hmm. What, what's the real challenge you're trying to solve? And most times, the technology department or the technology team that's trying to solve this huge technology problem hasn't discussed it with the business in terms of what does that mean to the business?
1: Right. What they, I can give you the answer. I think that they're gonna the technical team's gonna give you. They're gonna say, "Well, it's old, and it needs to be refreshed, yeah, or it's gonna be faster yeah. Yeah. <laughs> or
2: <laughs> or it's none of your business <laughs>
1: sometimes they say
2: you know they're like the business doesn't care about this, this is our problem, and we're trying to solve it, right, right, but all of those things are valid they it's you know it's speed, it's outdated. It's legacy. It's a migration effort. It's our license is expiring and we want something new. It's modernization. It's any of those things that you will hear from the technology side saying, these are our problems and we have to solve them. Mm
1: -hmm.
2: And never, never, never is somebody saying, well, we are trying to improve our customer experience through whatever the business goal is and that's the problem that's the huge piece of of missing puzzle that companies are struggling with is understanding what that relationship is between the technology needs or the technology challenges and the business goals mm
1: mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that uh I know Jeff Jeff and I spent a lot of time sort of deep uh deep in the IT organization and very you know I would say seldom did we get to talk to business people uh you know we got to talk to people that talked to some other people that talked to some other people that would probably talk to the business people. Uh was that fair Jeff? <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. That, that's, I think that's true. I think we were usually like three or three or so people removed sometimes, you know? And, right. and so tying, so that's, that's what I thought I thought was really interesting when talking to you was that I, I'd like to try to figure out how to help uh, some of those folks that are, that are in that spot. Cause I think that there's people like that today that, you know, they are, they are in those kinds of roles in technology and they can't, really make that connection right. uh, for a number of reasons. Uh, they don't necessarily have, they're not in those discussions, they're not, you know, they're just almost, uh, they're too far removed. And so I was hoping that you could help us figure out how to how do they, how can they, you know, sort of improve their uh, ability to make those connections? What kinds of you know questions or or how do they uh need to sort of think about their challenges in a new sort of way
2: sure the easiest and yet sometimes the hardest <laughs> is actually to have a conversation oh no <laughs> I know, (laughs) I know it sounds so cliche, but Uh, they
1: can't do it over email.
2: (laughs) Oh my gosh. Can you imagine what would happen if you had somebody from your business team and your technology team in the same room talking about an idea? I mean, really, it's that simple, right? You would think.
1: Yeah. Easier said than done.
2: (laughs) Right. Yeah. It does start though with a conversation. It's amazing again, how many times I get a request to come into somebody's office and talk about a technology problem. And I say, I would like in the room anybody from your product team, your marketing team, your business team, your product management team, you know, project team, whatever, get them in the room as well. And you see this blank stare like, huh, what? Huh? <laughs>
1: I guess first part they have to figure out, do they know who they are? (laughs) Yes, yeah,
2: yeah, do they know who they are? And then I get pushback, like, well, this is technology. We need to understand things like what the architecture looks like in the infrastructure, and there's a security question that we have and all of that, and I'm like, great. I just need 10 minutes of their time. Get them in there for the first 10 minutes of the conversation. And with some hesitancy, they do, and they get them in, And that first 10 minutes grows to 30 minutes and 50 minutes and an hour when they begin to realize, oh, wait a second, we really don't know what the business needs. I remember a story once where I was starting a new job. It was in the middle of my career, and I was managing an IT team. I had about 50 direct reports in the IT team. And I started having conversations with them and breaking down what are their concerns, needs, expectations. And I asked the very specific question to the developers, how often do you have conversations with the business team to understand what you need? And they said, never. (laughs) They said, we basically just get these tickets and we fulfill the tickets and then throw the software back over the wall to them. And that's all we hear. And I was like, well, that's interesting. So I set up a meeting with the business side and the product managers and everything. And I said, how often do you have meetings with the technology team? (laughs) And they said, never. And I said, well, how do you process that? What do you do? And they said, well, we don't know. We just create requirements and throw it over the wall and they get done. (laughs) <laughs> and I said, have you ever thought about actually having a meeting together where you can talk through all of these things no it wasn't even a thought wow. it was simply we'll throw it over the wall
1: yeah I it sounded like you were describing the office space movie <laughs> yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. which uh, yeah. obviously Mike judge captured uh, really well yeah for kind of how things... Got to be in in the technology space. Hey Jeffrey, you sound, you, well, how you doing?
0: I'm great. <laughs> I have a question yeah, for Chris. You look like yeah. you
1: had a question. I could tell it in your eyes. <laughs> uh,
0: so Chris, uh, I also uh took a business degree with a technology <laughs> emphasis, and uh, what you're talking about, you know, making a connection between the technology and the business objectives is definitely something that we've all been learning in business school, particularly in the technology side for several years, maybe maybe a, maybe two decades. I'd say at least it's been a part of the curriculum that, you know, you really want to move beyond just providing email and, and solutions to, to transforming the business by being a partner of the business. And um, I feel like the conversation often is the way we've been having it this morning, which is what can the technologists do to better integrate with the business? Um, but I have found a lot of times when you try to engage with the business, what what i've found is that there's actually not as much strategic thought in the business as you might imagine and that the technology people have been trying so hard to tie in to the business strategy that in some ways they've developed a better set of understanding about how to process business requirements into strategy than even the business has and i'm i'm kind of curious if you've run into this where you kind of you know you talk to the business And when you're just asking them basic questions about how this is going to function, what they're trying to do, and they have kind of this deer in headlights look, like, wait a second, we never really thought about that ourselves. Like, uh, you know, it's almost like they, they sort of went straight to we need a technology solution and they actually did not think out how they were going to go to market or what the full strategy was. They might have made some slides on it, but it's like they didn't connect all the dots. Have you had that experience at all?
2: Oh, yeah, sure. There's a disconnect. There's a clear disconnect between business and technology, and it's in most organizations. Not necessarily the successful organizations, because they've figured out how to bridge this gap and how to translate the terminologies between them. But what you are explaining is a business team that knows they need to have a technology component but they're not technical enough to understand all of the intricacies of that technology to implement it in the way they need. And then you have a technology team that is trying to interpret what the business requirements are and understands all of the technology details so that they can then build something that they believe the business needs. But in reality, Mm Both teams are interpreting each other, and they're not actually coming together with that clear understanding, learning, failure strategy, meaning I'm in business, and I know I have to leverage something like social media, or I have to leverage other technologies to be able to engage with my consumers. I need a website. I need a mobile app but I have no idea how to build a website or how to build a mobile app or anything. So I say, technology team, I need a website. And the technology team says, well, of course you do. And here's all the cool things you can do with it. But that conversation isn't happening. What are all the cool things that it can do? And more so, the business knows what it wants to do. It may not know what the technology is to do it. But the business oftentimes knows exactly what it wants to do to engage with its customers. So I'll give you another example of that. We are all consumers. All of us are consumers. Every single day, we interact in digital means that relate to what we want to do. For instance, I want to deposit a check. What's your first option? Well, depending upon the demographic, some people are going to say, well, I go to an ATM and deposit a check. Other demographics are going to say, I pick up my phone, I take a picture, and I deposit a check. The same process is depositing a check. It's just different ways to do it. And we know that the expectation has shifted. And these expectations of how we interact with technology is shifting because we are all consumers ourselves. If you go into a grocery store or even take today, how do we shop for groceries today? You may order them online and then go curbside pickup. You may still go into the grocery store and shop. But in all those experiences, there's a very basic process you shop, you buy, You use your debit card, you leave. What if you went into a grocery store and you couldn't use your debit card? Most people would freak out. Like, (laughs) what the... Right? Yeah. But that's your expectation. No different than if you were to go to Starbucks and buy a coffee and use something like Apple Pay and use your loyalty rewards points. There's a mindset there that you already are geared towards, and expect to happen. And when you can't do it in the way that you expect, that disconnect is the problem. If you were to ask any single business person, marketing person, or anything to say, walk me through what the user experience is, they're going to be able to tell you what that user experience is. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter what the technology is. That's the bottom line. It doesn't matter. What you have to figure out is what's the customer journey? What are they attempting to do? And let's map that out. And then we can go to the technology team and say, here's all the technologies that will help you do this. That's what's not
1: happening. Make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Go ahead, Jeffrey.
0: No, I, I'm, yeah, sounds good to me. Uh, I think, I think the, the, the question is how do you, how do you make that happen? Right. I mean, I think we realize it's not happening and it's, it's pretty pervasive. So how do we, how do we, you know, change the narrative? Um, Yeah. And uh, yeah.
2: Yeah. So the hardest part of this really is changing that narrative and and changing the mindset or, helping to bring those teams together. Like I said, part of it is just having a conversation and getting everybody in the same room and walking through it. But it doesn't matter if you get everybody in the same room because they're still going to say, here's my idea from a business perspective and here's my technology way of implementing it without really any strategic alignment on how that's going to happen. One way that you can actually start to do it is building a map of that journey. And it's a very really easy process to begin mapping out a customer journey to say, look, I'm Joe or I'm Chris (laughs) and I'm going to walk into the store and I want to go through this experience. Mm -hmm. And again, if you look at that from our everyday lives, engage with anything that you want. I'll walk through one with you. Let's say that right now, not many of us are doing business travel But let's take a business travel example. What are all the steps that you take to book a flight for travel? There's a lot, right? You're checking your schedule, your calendar, when I'm available, logging into an airline, looking at the availability, checking your seats, maybe loyalty rewards, paying for that airline, then going, maybe booking a car, maybe scheduling an Uber, Uh, looking at hotel rooms, finding a hotel room that's close enough to wherever your meeting is. You have your calendar of events for the meeting for that trip. You're tracking luggage. You're then having a business dinner. You may have to make reservations at that business dinner, on and on and on and on. All of that is one journey for you. And out of that one journey, you are engaging with 10 10 different applications, all that are designed to help you map that singular piece of your journey. But there's still a journey there. Your business trip involves all of those different steps. And I can map that out. And when I do, and I explain it in this kind of story framework, business owners really resonate They're like, oh, yeah. Uh, Again, imagine I'm a restaurant and I'm sitting here thinking, yeah, I've got that person coming in and making the reservation ahead of time. How do I get involved with that sooner? Or how do I get a way to allow a potential customer to make a dinner reservation at the same time they're booking an Uber? Right. Those types of connections are the experiences that we are all looking for. Mm -hmm. And when you can break that down and allow a business owner or business team to realize it, to envision it, then they can start to share that internally with their technology team and the technology team can then go off and figure out how to build it.
1: You know, when you were walking through the the business travel, I was like, "No wonder I'm so damn tired." On the we have, I haven't even left for the trip, and I'm already wiped out. <laughs> yeah, it's like yeah. there's a lot of damn steps involved. I guess there it's, it's kind of like scheduling a vacation or anything too, right? It's yeah, it, it be it can be overwhelming to just get a vacation booked, and then you're like, "We haven't even done the damn thing," and I'm like, "I'm already tired," you know.
2: But think of it's anything that. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead.
0: I was just going to say, we, we all are like arranging our own business travel now. But I remember when I started in the, in the like mid to late nineties in a big company, you had like an admin assistant that would arrange it all and then do all your expense report. And that, that kind of went away with all the computerization because people could do it themselves. But I'm like, man, there is a lot of steps in there that you have to do when you're, Doing it yourself, like, I didn't realize how much time the admin actually saved me. Because you just say, like, I need to go to Phoenix uh, on these dates.
1: Yeah, and, and, Make it happen. And then, <laughs> yeah. and then someone says, hey, the meeting was at 4, and now it's going to be at 10 a.m. And it's like, the whole thing goes out the window.
2: <laughs> yeah. But this is an example of a yeah. business trip. Yeah. Take other examples. Let's say that you were going to have a family party. Okay. Huh. What's the experience for you to develop everything that you need to to have a family party?
1: You need, I start with drinks. Right? Yeah. Okay. Priorities.
2: So you start with drinks, and then you say, well, I'm going to use an app to look up maybe cocktail recipes. I might have to go to the store and order those items because I don't have them for this particular party. I need to send out maybe invites or text message to, col- you know, to collaborate on dates and times. Yep. You know, I, I go to the grocery store. All of that is part of one singular journey for you. Mm-hmm. I want to have a family party. Or think about, for those of you who are single out there and are dating, you've got dating apps, you've got coordination of activities, you may drink, you have an Uber ride home. You know, there's, again, there's multiple applications that you are using throughout that singular journey. And when you can start to break it down into that way, what those journeys are, from our perspective, no different than if you're waking up to go to work in the morning and you, you decide to stop by Starbucks every morning and pick up a latte or whatever, there is steps in there. And and that breaking down of steps within this journey really helps organizations to better understand what they have to accomplish.
1: Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. That really helps because I I really am getting it now uh, as far as how you, you know, if you're trying to walk folks through your business model and what you're trying to accomplish and all that, and you can break it down to those kind of steps, then the technical folks and everybody can go, oh, I see what you're trying to do. And then there's these technologies that you could use you know, or we could build or whatever to, to to meet those things. But if, yeah, if those conversations are very quick or people are trying to interpret and figure out what you mean, uh, then your mileage may vary and you're going to get all kinds of different results, I'm assuming.
2: Right, exactly.
1: And, and so, if I flip... Go ahead. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. I was going to
2: say, and if I flip it to the technology side, I'll often say look, you have a technology agenda implementation strategy that you want to execute, but what is the business goal of that technology? And oftentimes, the technology team can't make that correlation. Yeah. And so my argument is is that if you can't align every single technology implementation decision that you're making to an actual business goal then you probably shouldn't be focused on that technology
1: yeah and i think that is i think that is profound and i i i i, I, I wish i would have talked to you 15 years ago <laughs> <laughs> uh, because i think that that is that is huge and i think that definitely helps uh, I, I think for folks that are that are in the technical space, you know, if they're if they can be laser focused on that and making sure that's going to help them prioritize. It's going to help them make uh it's going to help them more easily get things done because they're not going to be arguing over whether it's needed or not, right? Because they're gonna they're gonna already know that everybody supports it. Uh and uh so that yeah I, I love that. I absolutely love that. Um so let's make a i think we we kind of briefly touched on it but you know we were just chatting a little bit about like supermarkets today and kind of the experience the customer experience and everything and obviously with what we're going through right now uh the customer experience for so many businesses has totally changed and some have made a very quick you know pivot uh to 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 do a new way of doing business like you know Maybe it's a brewery that didn't do shipping before, but now they're doing shipping and they, they didn't have an online store of all their beers. Now they do. I've got some friends that have a brewery and they, they completely, uh, they're in Santa Cruz and they, they have an online store. They're shipping beer. They're, they're doing video tours. They're doing, it's amazing. Like they have completely adjusted uh, with what's going on. And then, and, 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 others have done none of that stuff. And they're just sort of, you know, waiting around. Uh, but I was curious, you know, do you have any, any, any observations on, on what you've seen that's been really, I don't know, interesting or impactful, uh, you know, uh, with, with what's happening in this pandemic?
2: Yeah, sure. And I'll ask you a question back in each of those cases, like the brewery, what decision came first? It's a chicken or egg thing. What what decision came first? Did the business say, we need to adapt? Or did the technology say, oh, it's time to start selling online?
1: <laughs> That's a good question. Uh, I'm thinking the business probably said, we need to adapt because we just lost all of our customers. They did not come in today because we're closed. And we, how can we get this beer to them? <laughs> uh, right. Yeah. <clears throat> and uh they're also doing f- delivery as well, and I, I've seen a lot of that you know people are doing delivery within twenty miles, you know, uh which they would never have done before you know
2: right. we have been disrupted yeah and businesses have had to decide how to evolve to meet and conquer this disruption, and they are leveraging technology to help them do it but the decision is coming from the business first the business has lost customers or the business is close to going out of business Mm -hmm. so what do i do how do i change this to adapt to the needs of our consumers from a customer's perspective first and then build the technology to help accomplish that right I'll give you another example, you know, in retail, you've got a lot of retail stores that are closed. And the ones that are not evolving, that are not transforming, are the ones that are starting to struggle. And the ones that are transforming are coming out ahead. And here's an example. I'm not going to give the specific brand, but imagine you have a retail store with a ton of inventory in that store and no longer have customers coming in. Typically, the store would have online orders and those online orders would be fulfilled through an external warehouse. Well, now that retail location has become the warehouse. Yeah. And they can fulfill in new ways to a local market directly through the retail stores by converting them into warehouses. And now your orders online can be processed faster and delivered sooner, right? And really, all that re- was required to do that was shift in a business strategy to say, we don't have people coming in to our stores to buy this inventory. Let's sell the inventory from the stores. Yeah. And from a technology point of view, now you've got to enable those stores to become warehouses. That's a little bit of a challenge. But again, you either decide to do it or don't.
1: Right. Right. And, and, yeah. You see, you know, I saw very quickly, you know, companies like uh, you know Best Buy, um, Bevmo, you know, did that, and Bevmo kind of wasn't wasn't doing that, and and they said, well, we have all this stuff here. How can we make right. it easier for people to just come up to the store? And and uh, and then other businesses completely just sort of sat there and did nothing, uh, or they're not using that store for anything. Like uh, they just said they'll they'll just use the regular warehouse, and that store has kind of become you know uh not needed and then those jobs are lost and and people can't necessarily go get that instant gratification uh that they like to have um so yeah i think that's been really interesting to see the 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 way these different businesses have decided you know they've obviously like you said they've made a decision somebody has said either uh let's do this or let's let's not you know, or, or maybe they haven't. I don't know. Maybe they just are sitting there doing nothing.
2: <laughs> right. But this is, this is the challenge of the technology organization to be able to adapt as quickly as needed to whatever the changes in market trends are. If there's a disruption, are you ready for it? Or do you need to develop a whole bunch of new technologies to support it? Right. Because this disruption, as a great example happened out of nowhere. And so those organizations that had technologies already in place, that had processes already in place to work with the business, were able to make that pivot quicker. And those organizations that didn't have technology in place or didn't have the relationship with the business to be able to pivot are the ones that are struggling.
1: Yeah, no, that makes, yeah, they're, they're meeting people for the first time and they're trying to figure out how to, how to change their business model around. And it's like probably not a great time to do that. (laughs) Right. Uh, Well, cool, Chris. I, I, uh, I think this has been fantastic. I really appreciate you coming on and talking to us and uh, sharing your, your thoughts. And uh, I hope that, uh, that people got something out of this. I, I, I think that they will. Um, And if not, then they can, you know, they can forget it. No, uh, that's it. You can listen to it or forget. Yeah, it. exactly. Exactly. Go do something else then. Uh, so no, that's really uh, appreciate it very much, uh, Jeffrey. Always appreciate you joining us. Look at you joining us from your, uh, I don't know, your uh, alternative location. Alternative location. <laughs> I appreciate that. We've had to pivot, Chris. We we weren't doing our podcast this way before, but we we quickly mobilized the team and we adjusted. So uh, <laughs> we appreciate you very much, Chris, and look forward to talking to you again. And uh, thank you so much. Have a great day. Thank you. Yep. See you later. Thanks for listening, everybody.